From the University of Alberta Alumni Association, it's What the Job. I'm Matt Ray. I want people to hear that it's okay to need others. And sometimes we don't figure that out until later in life, that we become more interdependent again. And it's a phase of life which is kind of a tricky dance. But I wanted to people to hear that find somebody, it may not be your parents, it may be somebody else that you can say, I need, I need some help here, I want to run this by you. On this special episode of What the Job, we're talking all about career resilience. My guest is Cindy Thompson, a leadership coach and registered clinical counselor who is an expert at helping clients weather storms, overcome adversity, and reach their goals. Cindy and I chat a little bit about her profession and why she went down that path. She offers some tips on how to be more resilient in our jobs, and we talk about the overall value of having perspective and taking an observer role on your own career. What the Job is made possible with the support of our affinity partner, TD Insurance. Did you know that through the TD Insurance Mellish Monarchs program, University of Alberta alumni are entitled to preferred rates on car, home, condo, and renter's insurance? Save even more by bundling your car and home insurance. To learn more about how you can save, please visit tdinsurance.com slash alumni. So what's your name and what's your job? My name is Cindy Thompson, and I think I've got one of the coolest jobs because I get to be a leadership coach and a registered clinical counselor. So my job is to work with people to find their best lives, to build their best lives, and find the success they're looking for. That sounds like a very rewarding job. Very rewarding. Every, every client is different. Every scenario is different. And it's like hearing someone's story and finding out how I might be able to partner with them to get to that really rewarding place that they want to arrive at. Tell me a bit about what you do for this job, um, the kinds of clients you work with, and maybe some ideas of the problems you help them solve. Yeah. So in executive coaching, I actually work with people who are building their careers, who are maybe even mid-career and helping them to create a sustainable and satisfying career. So through coaching, what we're doing is really partnering with a person to draw out their best answers, to find out where they wanna go, what are some challenges they're coming across, and to be able to then say, through asking questions, I would just get to ask all the really rewarding questions of the client to say, where do you wanna go with this? And it's judgment-free, open-ended questions that are allowing people to find the answers for themselves. So I'm not telling them what to do. We're drawing out, what do they want to do? What's the best next step for them? And is it sort of like all phases of someone's career? I mean, do you have people who are just entering their careers as well as uh, people who are long-term? 100%, Yeah. There's at any stage of the career, someone could benefit from coaching, even someone who has 20 or 30 years. I get coached and I'm 30 years into this and I love it because we don't ever want to stop growing. But sometimes by having a thinking partner, we can look at it differently by being prompted through those really rich questions. We may think about it completely different than we ever have and arrive at some new solutions, new outcomes that we had not considered 
That's interesting, this, this, this dialogue part of that job. Because, you know, when you hear the word coach, you often think it's someone who just already has all those answers, right? And they're just going to shoot you in a direction and tell you what to do, and then you're going to go do it. But this sounds a lot more, it's almost like therapeutic. Very much so. Yeah, because let's face it, if I just tell you what to do, you're less likely to want to do it. <laughs> but if you come up with the answer and you say, this is what I want to try next, this might be the next building block, you're going to be more likely to go and try that on. And we set small goals. We might say, okay, over the next two weeks, what are you willing to try? How might you, what might you learn about yourself if you were to stretch yourself in that way? What are you most afraid of? What is the thing that might be getting in your way of doing that next step? And these are just questions that maybe allow you to reflect on, yeah, what is getting in my way? What's been holding me back? What's my greatest fear? And so you're right. It's different than, say, a business coach might be more directive. It sounds like there's real like artistry to it, and that's really interesting. I'm curious about... Um, how long you work with these clients? Are there clients who just keep you on for a long time constantly as they, as they navigate their careers? Some do. Yeah. Some people might say, you know, I want to check back with you and I might take a three month break, but we're going to pick it up maybe in six months from now or three months from now. They might keep it as an ongoing regular every two week kind of check in because there might be things coming up that in that two week period that they say, I just need to work through this. I'm working on some communication with a coworker or I need to let someone go. And I'm finding that really difficult to do. How can I have that conversation in a way that I can preserve their well-being and not be anxious myself? So that would be some examples that people might tackle smaller goals along the way while also looking at some larger long-term goals. And goals, having goals that you want to reach seems like um, a, a good time to work with a career coach. I was wondering if you can tell me about some other reasons that someone else or someone in a career might want coaching. Why would they reach out? Yeah, so they might be interviewing for jobs and they want to have a really healthy mindset when they go into that interview to feel confident in their skills to believe in themselves and know that they are going to show up and do their best, but also how do they want to be prepared? So that might be one example. A lot of people might doubt, can I do the job? I'm, I'm applying for it, but I worry that will I be good enough for it? And so then we walk through, okay, what do you know? What are your strengths? What are the experiences you've had to date that suggest you're prepared for this? So there's many, many ways that people might uh, use coaching, not only in preparing for their career, but also in, in their career as they grow into next stages, maybe want to get a promotion or have challenging uh, dynamics in the office that they're not sure how to navigate. So there's many, many scenarios that people might hire a coach for. Yeah, quite a wide spe spectrum. And it makes sense. I think, you know, careers are so confusing and the different the different paths and uh, the social aspects and all the interactions you have to make it, there's not really a training for that right so it's hard and right. i can see why people would want even just someone to bounce ideas off or talk about their own perspectives so i can see why that would be really useful yeah a hundred percent when i even think about my own career what i started out in was psych nursing and i didn't know 
you know, what am I going to do with this? Where do I want to work next? And I would go back to the university counselor and it took me a while to arrive at psych nursing. I started out with my undergrad degree. It wasn't a straight line, but I'm a practical person. And I, every year I was going back, figuring out what really fits here for me. So that's one example where I wasn't taking a straight line to exactly know where I wanted to arrive at. But sometimes through that winding path, we learn a lot about ourselves and get closer to where we feel our best. And what was it? I'm, I'm kind of curious. I know today is a special episode and we're talking about a subject, but I am always fascinated by how people get to where they are. So what was it that helped you decide that this is the, uh, the career direction that you wanted to go down? Well, I started out in, in psychology and sociology. And like I said, I was really struggling. Like, okay, this is going to get me a BA but what am I going to do with that? Because I'm super practical. And I knew that I loved working with people. And it was almost like people had to hit me over the head because I had multiple people saying, why don't you do psych nursing? Because it was a practical two-year program. You had a career at the end of it. And so through that, I finally conceded, got in, uh, felt really good in doing that role. But it felt like there was some next steps that just led me into mental health, for example. So I worked for 16 years in mental health, did my undergrad degree at the same time, went on to do my master's degree in counseling psychology. And so I knew by then that I loved working with people one on one. And then next steps to that became about coaching, never wanting to stop learning. So once you find a place that you might land for a while, and that might feel really comfortable until it's not. And then you might be ready for something more. And for people who are listening to this and, and maybe what you're saying is really resonating with them and their own interests, what are, how does someone be, get, get into this kind of a career? What are, the, what are the kind of paths they can go down? Well, there's a, a number of different paths. Uh, one way is through, say, clinical social work field and going on to do your master's in social work. Uh, that is maybe a little straighter line than what I took. But also, you know, an undergrad in psychology and then going on to clinical psychology as a master's degree would be another straight line that many people might consider. And there's a lot of really good programs out there and finding one that really fits for you. And can you remind me again, how long have you been doing the career coaching? Uh, the coaching I've been doing for a little over two years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was just kind of curious what the landscape is like these days. It's a different kind of world for careers than it was, you know, uh, even 20 years ago, I think. Um, uh, and how do people in your profession sort of, you know, keep contemporary or keep uh, tabs on what's going on in the working world? Well, I think it's about always learning, right? Mm -hmm. No matter how many years you've got under your belt, it's always about learning. And so when I think about the pandemic and all of the people changing careers right now or maybe reevaluating are they where they really want to be this is a beautiful time for coaching and so the fact that we're coming through a pandemic and there is a need for resilience people are struggling they're tired they're exhausted so the nice thing is we don't have to do it alone we can actually grab a thinking partner and help someone who can walk us through that and help us navigate whatever that next challenge is. So I think this is very timely for coaching, actually. That is a fantastic segue to talk about resiliency. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> that is the topic of the episode today. We're going to talk about career resiliency. And can you just tell us a little bit, just in general, what is, what is career resiliency? What are we talking about when we talk about that? 
Well, when I think about it, I think about really it's the human being that we're that we're working with, right? It's the person. And no matter what career they're in, it's about building that ability to weather whatever storm we're going through, to know that we can bounce back even through adversity. So people, for example, right now might have been working from home and now they have to go back to the office. And I'm hearing from a lot of people, they're struggling with that. And they're really evaluating, do I want to do that 45-minute commute? Because now they've found a different quality of life. Or they maybe they've missed the office, right? There's that other side of the spectrum. So what we're talking about is really that ability to recoup through hard things, get back to a really healthy level of functioning in a timely manner, and know that you have what you need as a strength to get through anything that comes your way. And I know you prepared some tips and I'm curious to hear them. You know, you talked about the working from home. Some people love it. Some people are super excited to have everyone back in the office and bond together. And and uh, I think there's anxiety that cuts both ways. And it is a great example. But I'm just kind of curious, like, how do you help clients who are struggling with this sort of resiliency? Yeah, I'm glad to share some ideas that come to mind for sure. So one of the things that I work with people on is... Adversity is inevitable, and yet resilience is a skill set. So it's something we are growing through our life, and it's not a one-shot deal. We are building on it, and sometimes what we did have as a skill set, we might need to add to now because our circumstances are always changing. So, for example, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Sometimes we look for the status quo. We want to just rest easy and get into a nice, cozy spot. But our brains are not wired that way. We're actually meant to keep growing and learning and stretching. So even boredom can be stressful. So it's encouraging people to be okay with change and to see it as an opportunity. So really looking at any challenge that's coming along as a chance to learn about yourself, a chance to learn something new. I always say when people are starting their career, I really encourage you to build a community of people around you. Don't try to be so independent that you have to prove you can do it on your own. You don't have to be a hero. Find a mentor. Find people that maybe you're in the field that you can pick their brains on. I I think of one of my favorite words lately is radical interdependence to know that we don't have to do it alone. And in fact, so many people are more resilient when they have people around them. Could be family, could be friends, but it might be a mentor in your field as well that you meet with on a consistent basis just to check in and someone you feel safe with. I also like to talk about figuring out what you love because if you love what you're doing, it's not gonna feel like work, but you gotta figure out where you're gonna feel your best. So I think about a recipe for wellness. So when we're gonna make a cake, for example, if we're gonna put key ingredients into that recipe, it might be a tried and true recipe. We are going to know and trust that cake's gonna turn out. We're not gonna worry the whole time. We're not gonna say, well, maybe I can get away with one egg, even though it calls for two. We're not gonna cut the flour in half. We're gonna just stick to that recipe. Well, the invitation I have for people is to think about what your wellness recipe would include. If you might be working long hours, but you know you feel better when you're outside, you need to look at your week and build that in. If you need exercise and it helps you feel like you can sustain that busy work week, 
build your exercise in as one of the first things you look at when you look at your calendar. So it's building your recipe because it's different for everybody. If you need to eat regularly, make sure you're packing a lunch. Don't just wing it and then be famished and not coping during the day. So those are some really, that's a practical one, but yet sometimes the basics are the thing we miss. And, and yet I like to start there. I also encourage people anytime in your life, but when you're first starting out, make mistakes, right? Fail forward, figure out what did I learn from that? Not beating yourself up, but really looking at it as, hey, what did I just figure out here? I made some mistakes, but man, I learned a lot. If we just play it safe, we might be robbing ourselves of an opportunity. So we really are looking at each of those challenges, each of those failures as a great learning. If you have a hard day and you experience failure, ask yourself, what have I just learned? The goal is to bounce back. You might give yourself an hour, you might take half a day, but decide ahead of time. If I go through something hard, I might to hit the reset button for a bit, pause, but don't land there and don't unpack there get back out there, get back out in learning, get back out into that situation that might have felt uncomfortable, but don't just sit around beating yourself up. Does that make sense so far? Yeah, I'm still loving the radical interdependence term. Uh, and and I, what I also like about this is there's a lot of just shifts of perspective. And I think we often get locked into seeing things in, well, I don't know, black and white or um, traditional ways of how we've always done things. But it's nice to be able to just say, take a step back and uh, consider it from a different light, which I think also goes back to what you were saying about how having a coach that you can chat with to just get a new perspective on something can be very beneficial. Well, and one of the things that I think is important to remember, like a lot of students might be in their mid-20s when they're graduating, and it is a phase in life where people feel like they have to prove that they can handle it. They want to prove to their parents, they're graduated, I'm an adult, and there is a ton of pressure on people to feel like they have to prove to the world that they got this now. And yet, I want people to hear that it's okay to need others. And sometimes we don't figure that out until later in life that we become more interdependent again. And it's a phase of life, which is kind of a tricky dance, but I wanted to people to hear that find somebody, it may not be your parents, it may be somebody else that you can say, I need, I need some help here, I wanna run this by you. Because often we learn by thinking things through and talking it through, and that's why coaching can be really helpful. I also, the opportunities bit really resonated from other conversations we've had that taking advantage of opportunities and seeing um, even failure as an opportunity is, is, I think, advice that we hear consistently on this podcast. Good. Yeah. That's because it's true, right? <laughs> yeah, I hope so. There's a theme. Well, and we've talked about mindset a little bit, but that is a key ingredient is to really be aware of what, what's my mindset like? How am I looking at this? So for example, as you're starting out in your career, you might feel like you're not sure 100% how to do something. Even using language like, I haven't learned how to do that yet, or I'm not great at that yet. And that gives a message of hope even to your brain to say, it's okay, I'm learning. And I don't have to know how to do everything really well right away. In a year from now, it's going to be a whole other picture. So being having grace for yourself, 
being patient with yourself, because this is where some of the greatest lessons are happening at this stage in people's careers. This and, is where the real learning happens. And that's another thing, you know, we're talking about young, young people finding their first jobs that I think, you know, giving yourself that grace at the start, because once you've been in the job for a year, you, you'll, you'll look back and you'll be like, oh, okay, I, I can learn these things. It does take time to learn these things. And I think that gives you confidence as you go forward. But it's true. Even with things like stress, you can kind of trick your brain if you, if you just take a step out. Oh, I don't think it's tricking your brain. I think it's actually having some perspective to say, yeah. you know, you just calm down a little bit and, and try to recognize. And I will also say, like, sometimes things are just actually stressful and that's just how it is. But, you know, yes. sometimes you well, can manage it. That's a really good point, Matt, because if you are in the middle of the storm, it's good to acknowledge this is where I am right now. And not fight it, but to say, okay, I'm going to ride this out. And yes, this might feel really hard, but to also have a belief in yourself that you can do hard things, right? It's going into each day knowing, I don't know how this is going to turn out today, but I know I have what I need to handle it. It's interesting too, to me, because we also did an episode recently on imposter syndrome. And a lot of this sounds like it connects, right? I mean, you have to have that confidence in yourself, which means you also have to give yourself credit for the things that you do, which is one of the challenges with imposter syndrome, right? So, Yeah, I love that you said that, because one of my strategies is actually to keep track of what went well today. What are three things that went well today and why? And that comes from positive psychology. And what it does is also help us stop to pause and see what did I do to get through that? Why did that go well? What, what is going well in my life right now? And that helps you also capture evidence of some good things. That's great because it's so easy to get caught up in the negative things, right? Because your brain will focus on the concerns and the worries. What do I have? What are, what are my deadlines? Uh, what, what are the things I need to make sure I get done for these projects and things like that? And, um, taking the time, I think, to just remind yourself that you're doing a good job. It's, yeah. it's important. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. A hundred percent. Love that. It, yeah. And it's, it's a learning, right? So it's hard to do all of these things at one time, but if you kind of see the beginning of your career as building blocks, so what, what's one next thing that I can add in that I have time for? Maybe it's just in the next 10 minutes. Maybe it's just breathing. Maybe it's building a little practice in at the end of the day to write down some things that went well. Just creating some new little habits can actually be quite sustainable and help you through that next day that you have to go back to work. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I really like all this advice. I'm kind of curious. Here's something I'm curious about for resiliency. At what point... Um, and I'm sure you've encountered this in your coaching, but at what point is it like, well, it's no longer the time to continue to be resilient, but you, you actually perhaps should step away. Mm, that's an interesting question. So tell me more. What are you thinking? Like a situation where you're stuck and you're in a, in a job that you're not loving that kind of thing, or what do you yeah, have? Well, that could be, or I mean, just a situation where resiliency isn't enough. I mean, perhaps a toxic situation or a situation where the job just isn't working with you or for you or, or, or making you happy and no amount of resiliency seems to, to cut it. Or, or like, is there a moment where the best to be resilient is to move on to something new. Yeah, that certainly has its value, Matt, because in some cases you might have already tried many things and that resiliency muscle is getting tired. 
Yeah, because that can lead to burnout, right? Mm. So we want to walk people as far away from that line of burnout as possible. And that's one of my missions is to help people build their careers so that it is enjoyable and they're not walking up to that line. So you're right. It's maybe deciding how many of these things going on in my circumstances are out of my control. That's a good and way to think about it. Yeah. If that's a massive list, then that might be a really nice assessment. Within this situation, what are the things that I do have control over? And if I've already been leaning into those for some time and the situation's not getting better and it's just getting harder, I do think that's a great time to evaluate, is this where I need to be? See, I love this stepping back and getting some perspective on things because my brain seems to just go panic, panic, panic. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but having just being calm about it and just stepping back and thinking about things and having perspectives, it's uh, yeah, it seems helpful. It's almost taking an observer role, mm-hmm. right? What what's going on here? What is important to me about this? And what am I struggling with the most? Because sometimes what we're struggling with might be something we have no control over, and yet I'm picking up that rope and I'm grabbing that tug of war every single day. Yes. So there there might be a place for acceptance as well and to really lean into the things that I can let go of also. So one of the things I like to maybe sometimes even start with when people are really struggling is to say, what are some of the hardest things you've already navigated in your life? And what are the strengths that got you through that? And it helps us, again, take that observer role to reflect back because sometimes it's after we've gotten through that adversity that we learn where where we were really strong, how we maybe got through that illness or that um, cancer scare or a divorce or uh, a, a bunch of exams that I just couldn't handle and I thought I'd never make it through. Well, what did you do there that helped get you through that? And sometimes just looking back and drawing on those strengths that you already have inside of you can help inform you on how you're going to get through this next thing. And so what are the strengths like, am I determined? Am I creative? Am I smart? Am I resourceful? How could those things then guide you on how to navigate this next challenge right now? Yeah, I mean, once again, like this idea of perspective, I love this uh, be an observer idea. And I think it's I think it's really useful for people to keep in their minds. Yeah, well, and again, this is where it's helpful to not have to do it alone, because you're like you, Matt, so many of us will just press on and press through. But I wonder if we paused and had a chance to talk it through to say, how else might I approach this? There might be 10 more possibilities I haven't yet explored because I just keep doing what I know. Mm-hmm. And often, yeah, so often we just talking it through with someone and you've maybe had that experience where you processed a challenge, but as you talked it through, you kind of went, oh, I never thought of that before. Maybe I should consider this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, as you approach all kinds of things in your career, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and we do it so often in other aspects of our lives, but careers, I think careers are difficult because people think that, you know, there's a kind of almost an expected behavior that you go in with, right. That you should be able to just weather all these storms, 
Um, but I, I also think those kinds of attitudes are changing a bit too. I think people, mental health especially, I think people are becoming a lot more aware of that. Yes, I agree. And I hope so, although not all workplaces may be as progressive in that area. But I want I want people to know that it's okay to pay attention to your well-being. It, it, you don't have to be so brave that you're not acknowledging if you're exhausted or you need to take some time to look after yourself. Maybe you can't do that 60-hour week that your employer is asking you. So to have a conversation about it and not be afraid to actually say what you need. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think, so some big takeaways that I've had so far, and then and then you can tell me if I'm making this right. First of all, the radical interdependence thing, that uh, making sure, you know, in, in other aspects of my life, definitely connect with other people, chat about that. Thinking about that in work as well, having reliable people you can chat about just to give perspective. Uh, and the the observer thing, thinking, stepping back a bit and thinking about um, things from a different perspective, if it's possible for for yourself. And just you know, calming down and stepping back, that that seems important to me. Those are kind of the big three yeah. things that I've been thinking about. Yeah, those are the themes really overall. We can just break those into those those more extensive topics. But uh, yeah, you got it, Matt. Yes. <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> well, that's pretty great. Is, are there any more or, or we've gotten through your list pretty much? I think that's pretty much it. I, you know, just to remind people that you're building a skill set and it's a muscle that we have to keep using and to not just wait until we need it. And so maybe I can leave us with that kind of idea. Uh, I often use this metaphor of if we're going to learn to play the piano, we don't wait until the night before the concert to start practicing. So we don't know when the big concert's going to come. We don't know when that next adversity is going to come. So I really encourage people to start building this skill set early and proactively. Don't wait until you're in the middle of it to say, oh, man, I wish I'd done it sooner. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Really start to capture your strengths. Start to capture the things that you know work for you and building that toolbox, if you will, for yourself. So when you need it, it's going to be there. So the last thing that I want to ask you about before before we wrap up is you have a podcast on resiliency. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and how you decide, like, what are some of the great conversations you have and what are the, some of the guests you have? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Well, I just wanted to preface it with the fact that in 2020, when we were still early on in the pandemic, I just felt like I needed to do something more that was an offering out to the world. And so it's called a Resilience Project podcast. And the theme is cultivating resilience among humans, one conversation at a time. And because we learn through stories, I really wanted to capture humanistic stories that we can draw from. Often as we share our tales, whether it's in the Indigenous culture, often they share their stories generationally down as to how we can get learnings from that. So I just invite a number of different guests on of all kinds of walks and circumstances, as well as some experts in the field, like psychologists, uh, people who have been doing work in this field and learning from them as well. But I think of someone like Caleb Dahlgren, who was in the Humboldt bus crash, is on the podcast. And, you know, he was a couple years post incident where he'd recovering, he was still kind of recovering to some degree, but was having to get up, give up hockey and, is now going in to become a chiropractor. So he's had to pivot from something he absolutely loved to do, but also lost, like I think it was 16 teammates in that bus crash. 
And it was only based on his age that he was at the back of the bus, a more seasoned player on that team that he got protected from being at the front. So when I think about someone going through that kind of adversity, to hear from Caleb, his attitude, his positivity, his way in which he brings that energy of his teammates forward in making the most out of his life, knowing that he survived. That would be one story that comes to mind that really stands out for me as remarkable because it's not easy to find that healthier mindset after a, that kind of traumatic event. Yeah. That definitely so gives he, some perspective, you know? It sure does. And I feel like I'm learning so much from each of my guests and there might be themes um, for example, meditation, keeping a journal. But I think about people who've had, say, traumatic head injuries or um, have survived various uh, chronic illnesses. Um, there's just so many. I think we're at episode 63 or something like that. But each episode, I really ask each guest what they've been learning about themselves and some of their resilience practices. Um, I've also had on Doug Walk, Dr. Doug Walker, who's a psychologist, and he helped out with the Fort McMurray fires afterwards. He goes into a community and finds out how to help a community who's just gone th through something really horrific to then rebuild as a community, not telling them what to do, but listening to that community and how can he help them grow resilience. Uh, there. So that would be another person. I had uh, Libby Elliott, who was part of the, I don't know if you would have heard about the BC fires last summer in um, where they had the whole town burned down mm -hmm. in about 20 yeah. minutes. And she's only in her early 20s, but she was on the firefighting crew that was just outside of town. But all of their crew were staying in that town and had been really getting to know the locals, the people that owned the local gas station. It's a very small little community. And uh, and so she was part of that trauma of coming to the town and seeing the town completely gone in 20 minutes because of that fire and the trauma of fighting a fire just outside of town, doing what she could there, but also losing her belongings in the fire and, and the loss of, of the people's homes, their animals in that community. It was major for her, for someone in her early 20s. But her attitude and her perspective, again, was one of learning and being open to figuring out how she needed to get through that. So that would be another example that come to mind. Yeah, these sounds like incredible and inspiring stories. And uh, you mentioned learning from guests. I always learn from my guests. I've learned a ton from you today. I feel like I got a coaching session in here. So <laughs> thank you for that. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. I, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for listening to this special episode of What the Job. And a special thanks to our guest, Cindy Thompson, for talking to us about resiliency. As always, a reminder that the best place for alumni to connect with other alumni about jobs, mentorship, or volunteer opportunities is the online platform Switchboard. It's free, and you can try it out today at uab.ca slash sboard. It's a great tool no matter where you are in your career journey. That's all for this episode. For What the Job, I'm Matt Ray. See you next time.